What is up, everyone? Welcome back to my podcast. Today we have a special guest. Oh, and as you all know, sorry for the background noise, girl. You know, we, we get up with this shit, girl. Um, but today I want to talk about something that is, um, I think, a lot of people try to avoid or don't talk about enough. And that's um, HIV. So today I have a special guest. His name is Jake. I've known him for a very long time. Long time. Well, we're going to close this quickly so I can put this there. And, um... Eight years you've known me. Yeah. Can you believe that? It's a very long time. So, first and foremost, I want to say, what is HIV? HIV is basically, I don't know the abbreviation or, like, the actual words of what the H means, the I and the V, but it basically attacks your immune system and... It weakens your immune system, right? Mm-hmm. I- it's, it's human immunodeficiency virus. Okay. That's what that is. And yes, it's a type of virus that attacks the white blood cells in your body to the point of no return. And then after that, when your body has no more white blood cells to um, defend itself anymore, that's when it becomes autoimmunodeficiency syndrome, which is AIDS. Okay. So left unchecked and untreated, that's how HIV can turn into AIDS. Yeah. So with that being said, Jake here is very, I'm very thankful first and foremost that you're even speaking about this because not a lot of people talk about this at all. Jake is HIV positive and you are, are you undetectable? Yes, I'm undetectable. I've been undetectable for, uh, God, four years now. I found out when I was 21. Okay. I'm 27 now. So I, I might be askew when I say four. It might be longer. But mm-hmm. after a while, you just get, you know, your days just mold into another day. So, uh, and it just becomes a part of your daily life. So it's, um, it's been longer than four years I've been undetectable. Mm. So when I guess the, what is, so what is the thing that, when you found out, how did, how did you find out? Like, what was the thing that going through your mind or what is it, what, what happened when you found out? When you... When I initially found out, or do you want to know what led up to me finding out? Led up to you finding out. Okay, well, um, there was, I was 21. There was one day in October. I can remember this. It was October, uh, excuse me on the year, because I can't remember. As it's I okay. Said, as I said, it was like six years ago. So you do the math. Uh-huh. October 2014. There you go. Uh-huh. Um, I got flu-like symptoms. I was like stupid, uh, big fever body aches chills Uh, i was bedridden for a full week i could not get out of bed and my mother being a nurse which helps having one in your household um she was just like it's probably just the flu you know Mm -hmm. went over our heads then the next month came where the lymph nodes in my body started swelling up all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just like the lymph nodes that you know how to check regularly underneath your throat, where people are like, oh, my lymph nodes are swollen from, you know, uh, allergies, or you might have a sinus infection or something no. like that. My lymph nodes were swollen in the back of my neck all the way up my head. And, um, you know, it went on for the entire month, and my mom's like, okay, we got to go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. So my doctor, just primary care, uh, saw me he's like okay so we're gonna have to send you to a specialist so he sent me to an infectious disease specialist and they deal with things that we're actually talking about right now with covid infectious disease specialists are are all about in the world today because that's what they deal with they deal with infectious diseases 
like HIV, like COVID-19 that, um, that are like, I guess, insurmountable problems, you know, in the world. So, um, she checked my entire body in places that I didn't even know I had lymph nodes. So we have the back of my head and my neck. And when I say swollen, I mean like it, it, the biggest one was probably at least the size of a golf ball. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then it just trickled down uh, to however big they were, smaller in size. But she found some on my wrists that were swollen, my groin that were swollen, uh, and my, my ankles. I had no idea lymph nodes existed there. Neither did I. But uh, lymph nodes are the body's way of containing a virus. So there's so much virus in it. That's where they hold viruses, which is why everywhere in my body, like that's where the HIV virus was being kept so the body could properly attack it. Mm. And then with that being said, how was your reaction when you found the results were positive? So my mother was with me the entire time. Oh. Yeah. Um, I wanted her to be. We had no idea what was happening. I had no idea what was happening. And uh, so, you know, the infectious disease doctor does some blood tests that come back within a week, I guess. And she asks me to read it. I'll never forget this because I I was sassafras towards her. I I was a little snooty when she was like, here, read this. And it's just a piece of paper with a bunch of medical nonsense on there that the regular person does not know how to read. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is this? You know, I'm 21 and I'm snotty. You know, what is this? What am I reading? And she goes, look down here. It says positive right next to HIV type 1. There's two types of it. HIV type 1 and HIV type 2. They're not clever with the names, but there's two types. Mm -hmm. Um, HIV 2 is much more severe than 1. But regardless, it's still HIV attached to it. it. Excuse me. So, um, believe it or not, I was tested for you know things like cancer hodgkin's lymphoma uh everything under the sun that scared me even more than hiv oh wow yeah um because i did my research i was like okay if i have it it's a pill a day right so when those results came back positive i was pretty okay i was composed my mother on the other hand was the one who was emotionally distraught she broke down. Yes. She grew up in the AIDS ep- epidemic in the 80s. Yeah. Where people were dropping left and right. Like they are today, but in a different sense, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm a gay man that catches HIV next to a woman in the 80s or of the 80s. You know, she automatically thinks it's a death sentence to me. She was so scared. Her being a nurse, she's, she's well equipped to know that there's uh, one pill a day kind of thing for it now. Um, but she, you know, she was generally, you know, she was scared for my life yeah. and scared for her son's life, you know? So that's basically like we were in a car and she just started breaking down. And I was the one that had to console her, believe it or not. Yeah. And it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she didn't see that you broke down. So she probably was like, fuck. Well, believe it, she thought that I should be more concerned. And it wasn't that I wasn't more concerned. But you broke down in your own little way. Um, over the years, I want to say. Okay. Over the years, I would be out with friends, having a good time, drinking, laughing, and I would disclose it to, you know... Um, some. A, a, some very close people whom I trusted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then since they know, I could confide in them a lot. And, you know, 
the emotional journey takes a toll on you. So like occasionally I would cry here and there at a bar looking stupid, being drunk. Like it's the anniversary of when I found out, you know. But, you know, I, I think I cried more for, I, I don't know. Cause like I look at it now and I'm like, I didn't even need to, sorry. That's how true it was. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the men. Right. The men. And they always love to do this to the girls. Yeah. No shame. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, like I realized I didn't even need to cry. I think I was just crying because I made myself cry, kind of mm. thing. Maybe it was an ego thing. Maybe I wanted the attention. I'm a little sadistic like that. That's personally, that's me personally. But you know, it, there was some genuine feelings of me just being like, oh my god, I have this. Yeah, your life is changing. Yeah, you know, it didn't even change that much. It just changed the way I, I had to go about my... Um, Sexual encounters? Yeah, my dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was that? Did you know who gave it to you? Or was it just one of those, there's too many to count? Too many to count. I was uh, a little promiscuous when I was 19 to 22, 23, 24. <laughs> um, basically, the, the first part of my 20s, I was a little bit more promiscuous than I should have been. Um, but that goes for a lot of gay men out there. Um, right. You know, it's sex, drugs, and clubs all over the place. That's, no, that's true. That's where we reconvene. So the only places a lot of gay men can go to are clubs. And what do clubs bring? Drugs. And what do, what do drugs and, and alcohol bring? Sex. Sex. Um, Especially the raw ones. And it's, you know, and then in today's grinder world. Yeah. How grinder. accessible it is to even meet men that you wouldn't have even otherwise been in contact with at a club. So not only you're like your base of men at a club just expanded to a whole other creature. That's very true. You know, so... There, there were websites like Adam for Adam at the time, and Grinder was coming up, and then Scruff, and you know those came later. Right. Um, but you know, it it was just you know a free for all. No, it a really, lot of the times. It really was. I mean, I feel like uh, uh, the dating world does make it. It makes it worse. I mean, you know, and amongst gay men, like the apps, isn't the app itself doesn't make anything crazy, but. The way gay men go about the dating world is, like, crazy to me. Well, yeah, you know, like, perfect example of this is, like, if you're on Grindr and you have all the innocence in the world to just want to hang out with somebody, go on a date, there have been times where somebody would be talking to me just wanting to have sex. And I'm like, no, I'm not on here for that. And they're like, but it's a sex app. And I'm like, well, it's not. It's maybe that's what it is to you. But to me, I have the power to make it whatever I want to make it. Yeah. You know, it's not a sex app for everyone, per se. Yeah. You know, when, when I did contract all of this, you know, uh, the wisdom didn't come overnight for me to how, know how to handle everything. I was still promiscuous. I was still going out. Mm. Um, it, doesn't have, it doesn't hit you in a day, you know? How, how does it... Um, how was it the journey with your health, keeping up with it? Because I know... Even though it's a pill a day, but it's still a lot to kind of keep up with. And mm-hmm. does it change your diet? Does it change, you know, the way you go about things? Like the drinking, the drugs and alcohol, does that kind of come into play with it? It can, depending on the medication that you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the medications, as I said before, are most of them now, if not all of them, are one-a-day pills. Mm-hmm. 
um, but depending on the dosage, dosage of them and everything, it, it can have negative outcomes to your health. But that actually used to be back in the 90s when they did find things like AZT and uh, other early, early HIV medications that would really harmfully affect the body. Mm. Um, however, that being said, uh, I have to take my pill once a day with food. But that's with like a lot of medications. You got to take it with food. So it properly breaks down in the system. Food gives some sort of enzymes in your stomach to properly break down uh, a pill or a medication. Okay. Um, so that's, that's with a lot. Like, you know, if you, uh, you want to take a big vitamin, let's say, at base mm-hmm. level, a lot of times you got to eat with that or it'll kill your stomach, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of similar in that way. Um, but, you know, before I was undetectable, I would be going every three months back to my uh, infectious disease doctor, mm-hmm. who wasn't the original one that tested me, but this is a clinic for it now that I go to. Okay. Um, and you have to go to every three months to get your blood work done because the pill does, it's, it's a heavy pill. You got to have your kidneys checked, your liver checked, your, your basically all, all your vitals checked, your lipids. Um, it's basically at least 10 to 12 vials of blood that I would get taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not all the time because, you know, they only need to check lipids and stuff every six months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they have to keep a monitor on that and also to check your viral load and your CD4 count. Your viral load is um, how much of the virus exists in your body and uh-huh. your CD4 count is your white blood cell count. What are uh, the T-cells? T-cells, uh, uh, I get confused. It T-cells are... Um, uh, excuse me, I can't remember right now. Um, I forget. It's okay. But, you know, with all that being said, how how do you feel now? How have you come to terms with it now? Now? Like, now, and uh, not at this very moment, but in present day, like, what would you be your... How have you come to terms with, like, with everything that you've been through, looking back on it, how do you feel about it now? I feel more educated about it and more wise about it. Right. That's what I feel. So another thing is that I want to ask your dating life. Have you ever met a guy that was not okay with it? No. No, I have not. Really? Mm-hmm. You got lucky, honey. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the main thing that I was taught, especially being young, was stigma, stigma, stigma. Stigma, stigma, if I haven't heard that word five million times in my life since catching it. Um, I've been, you know, I've been unlucky and unfortunate to get HIV, but I've also been favored and, uh, um, lucky in my life to not have encountered anyone who had opposing feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I never had anyone scoff at me or, or anything like that. I've, I've kept, a, I, I, I guess it's because I got a good judgment of character Mm-hmm. That's just me gloating on, on who I think I am, though. If you want to really put it based down level like that, I really did hit the jackpot when it came to my dating life. Okay. Um, and, and, yeah. Do you feel like... Well, I mean, that's good, then. You feel like you never had a moment of rejection or people telling you, like, you know, no, that's, I'm, I'm not into that. Or no, but that moment of rejection goes through your mind because you have to be prepared to be rejected. Right. And, and that's to protect yourself, yeah. myself. I don't care if some... I've never cared what a stranger thinks about me. Mm-hmm. You know, like what RuPaul says, what other people think about you is none of your business. 
Right. You know? So whoever wants to stigmatize HIV without being fully educated about it, that's not my business. Right. You know, so if I go out on a date with one guy for the first time and I disclose this information and he's like you know, sorry, that's that's not something that I I roll with or however they want to say it, I don't it doesn't affect me in any way. If anything, it helped me. Yeah. You know? On to the next let me find somebody who's going to care about me and, and adds to my life. Yeah. You know? Um, and that, that was a whole learning process, too, with that. How was your, like, when it comes down to guys, do they have questions or they just already know? Some have questions. Some already know. Okay. Later now, especially in 2020, more and more people are more educated and more aware, which is great. I love that people are more educated. That's very um, and more aware, you know. But then again, I could still be on that lucky streak. You never know. Um, but you know, it's like I, bef- a long time ago when I first started dating and everything like that. After contracting it, um, I would wait like a week or two weeks, maybe even three weeks after dating somebody because you don't really know if they're gonna stick around regardless for who you are. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I would feel like you know. It's the process of, like, if you wa- ever watch the show Friends, and they go out on a date with somebody three times, and they're like, I really like the guy, and then he never calls back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They were never meant to be in your life to begin with. You didn't need to disclose everything to them. No, it's true. But on the other side of that, on the contrary side, is let's say you do find somebody that you really, really like, and sparks fly immediately. Dropping a bomb like that for somebody else could also be detrimental to both parties. Very true. You know, so it's really, it's situational. You really gotta, you know, uh, grow feelers and have a backbone for all of this. Yeah. You know? It's just sound like it's a lot to handle, especially with the dating life. Also, another thing is, have you ever talked to or dated someone that is positive as well? No. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Never found anybody, unless they lied to me. A lot of people could lie. It's yeah. very simple to do that. Yeah. And a lot of men do lie about their status. Oh, that's very true. That's very, very common in the gay community because they're, they probably don't have... Uh, I had a very good support system. I had very good friends. I still do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so important to have for, for anything. True. You know, but when it comes to something like this, you need a support system. You need somebody to go talk to, even if it is your doctor. But some men and women out there that have this probably might not have anybody. That's true also. You know? which would, a lot of people yeah. go through this kind of stuff alone. Yes. Um, because, you know, a lot of... Let's, you know, it's not a big chunk of the community, but it is still part of the community are, are men who haven't outed themselves yet. Yeah. Or, or want to remain on the down low. You know? That's true. Um... And, and for that fact, let's say a man who's been screwing around with men, but he's got a wife at home, he contracts HIV. What's he doing? His whole life will be destroyed. There's no shame. You know? Uh, that's his own fault. That's very true. But, you know, that's, that's where some people could probably... That's, that's an extreme situation, but that's, that, that stuff still happens. People don't disclose it because of reasons X, Y, and Z. Yeah, shame and embarrassing and... They just feel guilty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it all comes together mm-hmm. as one thing. But um, I do... Um, that is surprising that you haven't met anyone that or dated anyone that is positive. 
to your knowledge. Yeah, I, I, I guess it is surprising. I don't. I'm not entirely sure. You know uh, how many people have it. You know, there's definitely a lot. But you know, I then the, again, you know, going back to who's gonna disclose that information, and it's it's really a personal, personal, intrusive thing to disclose that to somebody. Yeah. So more times than not somebody's probably not even gonna say anything to you but hook up with you anyway yeah and how do you feel i mean personally for me i feel like that's kind of like i mean for me it's one of those moments i'm like i will i always ask even though they may lie Mm -hmm. but i always ask you know i have hooked up with guys that are positive but um i just like to ask just so i know and i'm aware or whatever the case may be i just i have the choice of either deny or you know confirm or whatever you know what i mean yeah um but for me it's just like i i prefer people to say it but i understand why they don't say it just because of the rejection thing right and you know uh and it's nothing uh towards you or against you when you say that but it really isn't about you when it comes to them disclosing it you know I mean to them it has to be about both parties yeah there is some sort of selfishness when you don't disclose something of that nature yeah but it's really such a touchy subject it's they're trying to protect themselves but also trying to have a good time they don't care enough to tell you but it's important to tell you but you you know you on the other side saying like I want them to tell me because I just want to know to be safer but you know it's not about you in that sense that you can't make anybody say anything even if they do have it yeah you know and some guys have been very upfront with me thankfully and some guys you know haven't been and i later on i find out eventually because i am gretchen wieners i always find out everything come on gretchen wieners um but with that being said um for me it just feels like i don't know like i think it takes time It's, it's situational i think it's very situational it never will not be. No. I mean, with that being said, how do you feel also about the young, younger generation that may be contracting it? Or, like, you know, people who are just getting it, like, what is your advice to them? I mean, even though this episode is full of it, but what is a personal message you would like to give them? A personal, I mean, um... I'm not the kind of person to sit here and say, stay strong. It's okay to be weak. Yeah. It's okay to have a moment of weakness. And it's okay to be weak in that moment. I just flipped that sentence around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's, a, it's definitely okay to be weak. Because you're going to grow from it. And to also just have a good support system around you. If you don't have one, find one. There are people out there that, that will love and care for you. No, it's true. I've managed to find people around me that love and care for me. Mm-hmm. And just be honest with yourself first and make a plan. Always. Always have a plan. Don't, don't, because at, at that moment when you're just going to be dishonest with yourself, now you're being dishonest with everybody else. And it's only going to come crashing down on you. Yeah. That's, that's my advice. That's very, very true. I mean,. And it gets better. With time, I it think always it gets does. better. Because you know, you start to take care of yourself better and stuff like that. Also, it just—it's like a learning process. Every day is a learning process. Yeah. Uh, and every day is a new situation. Uh, you know, so those beginning to go in those processes, 
just you got you got to take it day by day you really do uh but the most important person in the world is you take care of yourself that's true and that involves mental health mental help physical health and physical help take care of yourself first you know that that's really really the most important thing that's very true I mean, I I think that day I feel like people just need to be a little bit more educated about certain things, and it's just like you know, take your medication, make sure you're safe, because it's not only it's not about like you said, it's not about other people, it's about keeping yourself intact. You want to live a long life and be there with your friends and family, and you know, be there. You know, mm-hmm. you want to have your family and friends around you. So I think. I don't know if you... I mean, of course, you probably do agree with this, but, you know, take your medication, make sure you're healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And, you know, it also goes on the, the line of... Um, you don't need to go out and have that hookup. Mm, that's true. When I say it's about you, it really doesn't need to be about anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, every, everyone needs to go out and have a good time. We all need to, all right? Sex is okay. Sex is good. Sex, I need some sex right is now. sex. <laughs> sex is a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a it's a connection that you have with somebody. Uh, at least to me now. Before I was abusing that. You can't go too far with something like that. Yeah. You know, so that when I say because it is about both people, when you do have some sort of STD or or disease that you could possibly pass to a partner. Yeah. But now you have a groundwork to to build on yourself to make yourself a better person to be in. A solid, good, foundationed relationship instead of just going out and fucking all the time. Yeah, that's true. Because you still run the risk of, like, I'm undetectable. It's scientifically proven that I cannot pass it to anybody else. Yeah. But in those moments where you're just taking your medication for the first time, you are not undetectable. You can still pass it around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need to just be with you, learn about you. Mm-hmm. You know, screw everybody else, and not in that sense that I mean. Yeah, don't fuck everybody. Girl. Yeah, uh huh. Because that was a double entendre. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think it's just more so, kind of. You, I think is it a thing that you kind of learn more about self love ever since you kind of became positive, or that's been a growing process. Like, or like, but what I'm trying to say is, did you have to learn how to love yourself a little faster than? other people do at your age i had to learn how to take care of myself with my with my physical self a little bit more self-love takes a long time that's not that doesn't come from just one thing i don't think okay self-care it does and i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm perfect and i i take my medication every day because there are times where i didn't call my pharmacy to get a refill and i'm out two days yeah um and that's that's a no-no and I'm not going to sit here and condone that. And I, I know my body. You, you get to know, as I said, your, your physical self more. When you know your body, it's, you know that it's okay to miss one day or two days. I'm not saying it's ever okay, but I know for me personally that it's been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my levels are always good. I'm always undetectable. Uh, you know, my, the access to my medication is always there. I'm not saying that I purposely just be like, I don't feel like it. You know? It's just, you know, certain situations happen. Shit happens. Yeah. I could just go out for a day drink, and at 4 o'clock is when I'm supposed to take my pill. But if I'm drinking, I, you know, I, I'm not taking no pill. 
you know what I'm saying? But that's that's really situational, and I don't uh, I don't condone doing any of that. Take your pill every day if you if you if you are HIV positive. No, you know that's that's rule number one. Um, so I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm perfect about it. No, that's 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 the other thing, you know. But definitely, 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 uh, self care. Self love comes from uh, learning about everything in the world and and you and your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that I feel like we all, as people, need to do. Self-care and self-love. I think I'm still learning about the self-care part, which is my body. I mean, the self-love part comes, I guess, it kind of comes hand in hand. Everything does. It all takes time, too. It's yeah. not a one-day process where one day you wake up and say, Hey, I love myself 100% today. If you do, you're coming out of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, And, you know, it's... Uh, it, these you learn these things, you know, and whatever helps you love yourself every day, you got to start noticing the little things about yourself and appreciating those more, and understanding your body so you can take care of it more. It's, it you know, it's a long process, but once you sit down with yourself and maybe you're everyone's going to have their own different process when it comes to knowing and learning these things. You know, some people stand in front of a mirror and say, "I love myself. I love myself." It sounds crazy, but some people do it. I've done it a few times, not for me. Mm, I think for me, when it comes down to like self-love and <coughs> really learning about yourself, you just start to, um, it's kind of like you start to accept things. It's kind of like uh, more spiritual for me. Like letting go of certain things, things that I can't control, things that I can't really, mm, I just have to accept and move on and move forward. It's like a healing process for me. Yeah, that I think is inner peace. Yeah. Letting things go, being spiritual about it, you know, um, things that are out of your, things that are out of your control. That's inner peace, and that's a spiritual side. You yeah. know, the physical side of of it all is a completely different thing. But yeah. they all do connect. In it's some it's way. like chakras. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like what I like what I wear on for my necklaces right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all I wear: are chakras and a freaking evil eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I keep all the bad things away. That's right, child. That's right. But with that being said, you know. Just because things seem maybe may seem bad at the moment, you know, it doesn't mean it's always gonna be bad. So the message is with this episode is just don't lose the faith, don't lose hope, and things will work out in its own way and in its own time. You know, we all learning. Just because you're positive doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's not a death sentence anymore. No, we're no longer in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And educate yourself as much as possible wisdom is power let me tell you something i know this because i'm a know-it-all you know i am Mm -hmm. and but you see me trying to educate people all the time maybe it's unwarranted but i'm trying to do the work of jake bestito okay you can edit that out (laughs) i'm trying to be a lady (laughs) i don't care come find me (laughs) no but i under i understand you know, you're trying to just help, trying to correct people. But at, at, in, at the end of the day, just, you know, I, I think what it comes down to it is just lessons in life that you have to just accept, learn, be aware of them, and understand them. And that's just really it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I don't, do you want to add anything else? Because I'm about to wrap this up real quick. 
Uh, I want to add that I love you and thank you so much for doing this with me because well, I've never done something like this. Oh yeah, I, I have. Uh, uh, thank you all for listening. I have to add that on. Mm-hmm. Thank you, love you too. Mm-hmm. But I want to th- I thank everyone. It's 160 episodes already, and I'm like, damn, I talk a lot of shit. If you put that in gay years, you're 10 years older. Jesus. <laughs> That's a whole year worth of shit that I talk and I'm about to hit the year mark I believe soon in June so I'm very thankful that my podcast is a year old and I'm just like thank you guys so much um those of you who listen I hope you take away you know listen to all my sex stories and kiki and laugh but take away some you know some knowledge girl of what not to do (laughs) and um I thank you all for listening to my episodes and listen to my podcast and this is pretty much it so i thank you all until next time you guys bye bye